0: to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we talk about the convincing 34 points to 16 victory against local rivals Gloucester. The win means we've retained the Rifles Cup and put our league campaign back on track. We'll also round up other news from the rugby world before finishing with your questions and our Get My Goat feature. I'm Tony and this week I'm joined by Lee, Pete and Miles for a cheeky beer... And some rugby banter. Well, Lee, you you're hosting this week. Uh, thank you very much for that. Good to see you, boys, again. Um, but you, um, it was noted you were you were missing from the game um, yesterday, um, and some people are speculating that this might have something to do with you out in Nathan Hughes as a kebab-eating uh, professional rugby player. Um, on BBC Radio Bristol earlier in the week, <gasps> are you in hiding? Uh, well, I am in hiding. I, mate.
1: Yeah, the, the facelift is is already booked in for next Wednesday, eight o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: yeah, because um, you know, Wivywood boy, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think grassing was in your nature. I, you know, I just thought it was. It, it wasn't grassing Nathan up.
1: It was. I was actually, I was digging up the sidestep... For the four-lane group of traffic. traffic. Yeah. It wasn't the kebab shop. It was the way he got to the kebab
2: shop. So I was really big in... Big oh, NAF up. And so, to, be, yeah, to be honest, I mean, you, you know, play in nutrition. Yeah. And it's something that fans are interested in as, as well. Right. And I think, you know, it it's, a a big, it's a big thing. We want to see the balance, you know, of his carbohydrates with his proteins <laughs> and his salads. So I think you were, it was fair enough, Lee. To be honest. It was a very important... Subject that we had to bring up, Tommy. Have you seen on the BT
0: Sport post-game, Pat Lamb actually mentioned (laughs) Nathan's diet, so... I, I, I think I I'm, I am looking forward to the next time we're there and Nathan Hughes walks past us <laughs> to see what you do so well let's let's not call it grassing let's call it investigative journalism baby and uh, <laughs> I move, love it move on then um, but you've seen the game you've seen the game on Catch yes, Up I loudly, yes I did so yeah. um, you, you've shared the excitement that the other three of us had for being at the gate for that fabulous win um, Pete what are your thoughts um well, I thought,
2: I'd, I thought I'd uh, summarize it as after misfiring a bit in the first half, um, I think we definitely showed Gloucester that we had the weapons to win the aforementioned Rifles Cup, um, and it was a it was a fantastic performance, wasn't it? And uh, I think in some ways the second half showed what we could have done in the first half a little bit, and and actually it could have been you know it could have been a total bombardment.
3: Um, Miles let's come to you next your thoughts I'm mean, going to agree with Pete. second half was fantastic the first half I think well, am I right in saying it was just penalty scored in the yeah, first yeah. half Not. I wouldn't say many mistakes but a lot of holding on and being penalised by the referee and just tit for tat kicking over the posts but second half I think obviously uh, Bristol came out on fire scored those three tries and apart from Gloucester's one try I think we were all over them great second half
0: now Lee you've had the benefit of watching the game probably seeing the replays hearing the commentary what what, what are your overall thoughts?
1: Well I mean obviously you know you boys watching it live is, is a totally different scenario isn't it but you know watching it on, on catch up I mean first thing I'd say is biggest ever Premiership win against Gloucester I mean that's huge Boom. and to be honest Gloucester I mean I think we'll all be agreed around this table we've got a, a a huge respect for Gloucester as a team Mm. Um, you know they're a great side and to be honest when I saw the side that they put out initially I thought we you know we we were going to be in for a tough game but we absolutely demolished them and uh, you know we bemoaned the loss of Callum Braley and uh, Jake Pledgery but what about Provs what about Dan
0: Thomas Purdy Afoa? Atwood all those that have come the other way yeah. thanks boys yeah, yeah. Like okay well let's hear for some of the fans reactions that we got right after the final whistle at Ashton Gate on Saturday um, so uh, Greg Griffiths I thought uh, Bristol were better at the breakdown uh, I thought they kept the uh, the key players from Gosselin very quiet resam it had no room and uh, so yeah I thought they played really really well and uh, I thought the pack were dominant and, uh, yeah, gave uh, Gloucester very little space and uh, were deserved winners. Hi, I'm Richard, I'm a Gloucester fan. have come down to watch the game at Bristol. Um, I think the first half, it sort of started off fairly promising. Um, seemed fairly evenly matched and then... In the second half, we were hoping for a big performance really from Gloucester and turned out to be a little bit disappointed. Um, I think the players were obviously disappointed as well, seeing some of the players afterwards in the bar. Um, They were were disappointed with their performance. And um, I think think Gloucester need to sort out their away performances now. So I think that's uh, four out of five games that they've lost away and uh, that's where they need to put put the effort in, really. So there we have it. Um, again, I, the place was buzzing, wasn't it, afterwards? I think that's the thing. You know, we all enjoy seeing the Bears win, but when it is against a Gloucester or a Bath, it just makes it that much more special. Um... And to see those smiling faces again and also to get our Premiership season back on track because that draw and three defeats, um, you know, started to put a bit few doubts in my mind. But to see the way we contained Gloucester on Saturday, um, it's, it's certainly boosted my confidence for the rest of the Premiership campaign. So let's talk about some of maybe the individuals that um, played. Uh, I'm going to come to you first, Pete. Um, people that maybe stood out, um, any thoughts on, on individuals? Well, as soon as you come to me first, I'll just go with man of the match, Big Nathan.
2: I mean, you know, on the back of Kebab Gate this, this week, <laughs> it has clearly fired him. And actually, I'd been a little bit critical of him in previous pods, saying that... We're both in it. Yeah, I think a little bit critical of him, thinking that maybe he was a little bit, and I say this in hesitation, a flat-track bully... Um, but I thought he was outstanding and I think he'd had that a little bit of rest. And some of the, I mean, the stats were amazing, weren't they? I think it was, uh, I've seen stuff on Premiership, you know, on the Twitter site on Premiership Rugby. Um, but it was just, I just think it was the the, the go forward that he gave the team. Um, and he, he was, you know, he was, it definitely made you think, you know, what is Eddie Jones what is Eddie Jones doing? But clearly for us, it was a, it's a great thing. So I think Nathan Hughes, I mean, for most of the first half, he appeared to be on the wing most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And actually, some of the, it, there was a little sidestep on one of them, which mm. um, I couldn't quite see where we were, but I, I sensed there was a bit of uh, footwork. And then when I saw it on the, the highlights later, it was amazing. Um, so I think, you know, that set the tone. And I think when you get a ball carrier like that
0: doing it, it drags the rest of the team up, and I really felt it was uh, important. And I, it might have just been my imagination, but I'm sure every time he went into contact, he went <coughs> lee. Yeah, <laughs> as he hit the Gloucester player in front of him. I,
2: you know, we could I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't want to take the podcast to take too much credit, but I mean, clearly, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's had an effect this week yeah. on Ather
1: News. Yeah. If we can provoke players into yeah. performances like that, and, uh, and
2: we're doing yeah. something right, like, right boys, we, we we criticised Callum Sheedy, didn't we, about his kicking? And then he was—he hasn't missed one since. Yeah, yeah. Top so, top scorer in the Premiership
1: mm-hmm. now, joint top scorer. Yeah, miles. Said, thoughts uh, on a few other you? players.
3: You know, I was quite apprehensive before this weekend that we obviously felt that we needed a win, didn't we? The Gloucester side had only really lost uh, a couple of players, hadn't they, to the to the England squad, etc. Um, but you know, two stood out apart from Nathan Hughes, two who we hadn't seen play before or for a long time, Purdy and Sean Moulton was just mm-hmm. superb I was really worried when at the last minute Hacker was pulled out with a slight neck injury Hacker Hacker Thacker. sorry Thacker. Hacker was hacked, right? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's when that, that's, when we, that's <laughs> Kiwis <laughs> doing a dance <laughs> we did the Bristol Hacker uh, <laughs> Harry Thacker but Sean Moulton was on fire mm. his little yeah. inside passes were was a brilliant I mean a, a few loose throws in the line out to, in the first half but second yes. half hit every man he was fantastic and to Henry Purdy played brilliant as well. Those players, I thought, were fantastic.
0: Mm. Yeah, Henry, being the new arrival, only what was it two two weeks two ago? Weeks just over yeah. two, two weeks ago, that um, was let go by Gloucester oh. last season. Uh, went and played in New Zealand, and then came back and uh, signed with Coventry, who we've now got him on loan from. So, uh, and I mean, the way he took that try as well. I mean, yeah, I thought you ain't going to score there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we're going to need another phase or two, but. Oh my gosh! When he when he got over the line and wriggled and put the ball down, I was hugely impressed. Mm. I thought he played really well. Mm. I think he's really exciting mm. player to to maybe having this team on a you know way past the end of this season. Lee, I just want to say
1: in addition to the guys aforementioned, I I really thought big Stephen Luatua yeah. again mm. was immense. I mean, he was playing with one eye. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, the guy is absolutely <laughs> colossus for us, and he's been all season. And he was just his usual commanding self. And it, obviously, watching it on the TV is a different aspect. But it's sometimes it's so kind of what he does is so underwritten because mm. he does it so subtly. I thought he was he's, fantastic. He's got
2: this. He's got this ability to be kind of just like ambling around a little bit, and then suddenly. He's there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it that was uh, highlighted in the first half, wasn't it, Tony? We had a laugh about oh, it, this where was he was getting some treatment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the on the ground. And then the ball comes, <laughs> and he kind of jumps up, and he's in there, and it's and like he's, he's flinging it out to the wing. I think he's a really deceptive player because I think he, I don't think he's in the faces of the opposition that much. So they're kind of not. Mm. He's not because he's not a big Nathan Hughesy type ball carrying guy, but he just he almost they, they don't know he's there, and he's yeah. suddenly he's making the tackle or he's pushing, he's going to contact or he's, he's doing the turnover. And I mean, I, I cannot, I cannot speak more highly of that bloke. No. And when you think how many hours he has put in and he's never substituted, he he mm-hmm. is just, mm. it's shift work week in, week yeah. out. And if there's one player that deserves a week off in the Caribbean or somewhere nice, mm. it's him for yeah. the next few weeks.
0: And I, I think, you know, legends is bandied around yeah. as a word, but, you know, and it seems odd talking about Stephen Luwatoa as a Bristol legend while he's still playing. But I think the impact that he's had for this club in three yeah. seasons that yeah. he's been here has been immense. And mm. I just love turning up week in, week out, and watching him play. And yeah. you're right, Lee. I think lots of it goes under the radar, the work that he does, but the 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 way he gets the forwards playing. Uh, and just Pete the point that you made he he just plays game after game after game Um, a fantastic uh, leader for 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 Bristol Um, uh, we I was certainly a bit surprised um, when the team came out that Matt Prothero wasn't getting a start at fullback, but I think Pat called it right there I think Purdy was really good on the wing Luke Moraghan you know they kicked to him and he's such a dangerous runner but again, Proths came on, and that the acceleration that he shows and the way he took his try, um, I I just think he he is such a great player, and whether whether he's going to be a starter, but to have someone like him that can be on the bench um, to come on uh, against tiring yeah. opposition legs uh, is, and is and I, fantastic. I agree with you about Morahan;
2: it was the right call to start him. But the, the thing about Prothero is that. I think that he, when you have a first phase off a scrum or something like that, when he's coming in at fullback, I think he does give you that little extra line breaking ability that we were la- that was lacking in a few games recently where we felt we were just got going through the phases particularly at Leicester when we went to Leicester yeah, we were yeah. going through the phases mm-hmm. yeah. and we cu- we weren't really there was we weren't breaking through and i just think Prothero just i like him as fullback because he comes in on a good angle and he's got that electric pace you know probably the i would say probably one of the paciest guys mm-hmm. and I, and he showed that, that try score as a was a good example of that. I've got to say as well, I think we should doff our hats to the, the um, half-backs again. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, Randall was was sh- was brilliant. He was class, sharp, he class. was fast, he was zipping it. And Sheedy, you know, we, 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 we've we questioned whether he's a... Has he got it to be at the top level? Is he a kind of a really good, solid club pro? I'm thinking now, Sheedy is looking... Yeah. It, when mm-hmm. he gets good, quick ball... He is. He manages the game, and he's. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was looking at in the re, in the highlights, um, and what he does. You know, the he's the link man, and he's. He, I. I'm. I'm kind of get excited about Sheedy now. But I oh, think Sheedy,
1: right. Sheedy has to work with Randall because yeah, Randall. I mean, they he's work. Enough but that's to what get it got up, to be the half. Yes, have that's to right. A, a partnership.
0: Yeah, and I think Pat for the first these first part of the season has been alt- alternating. Randall and Uren I think Randall needs to start yeah. you now he needs oh, to be I our start you know, has
2: to yeah. earn the right to get that yeah. starting back by doing something amazing Randall is and I think he's, he's only
3: gonna get better by yeah. doing that. Yeah. I mean Brad Irwin came on, didn't he, towards the end, and I immediately Pete and I agreed that suddenly the line speed had slowed down. Not a great deal yeah. but it just enough. showed it's enough. Enough. It just yep. so that Randall was firing it out yeah. all after the ball.
1: And and that's not you know, that's not anything against the no, uh, at minds. all. It's just it's just that split second at that level. And Randall is quicker, whichever way we look at it, Randall was slightly quicker than Urin against the ball. Honest, for a small
2: lad, his defence is... Yes. Oh, right. oh, you know, he puts in some big shifts in defence. And, yeah. you know, I, I again, I think he's an he, he's he's a weapon in some ways because he can be a bit underestimated by oh, yeah. by the opposition. So the guy, the lad, has got the well, whole... That is, and they can see him. Oh, he's sub-five foot. Exactly. I mean, he ghosts, ghosts <laughs> into these little guys. But, no, I mean, that, you know, let's hope he doesn't get any injuries because that bloke has got... Yeah. A lot of potential. The world is at his feet. For yeah, mm. be in the future, and hopefully it will be at the Bears for for a long time.
0: And I think when we talked about the last game, we gave a, a collective pat on the back for the the, the forwards, the pack. Yeah. I think the same for this game yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, a, awesome. re- a really great display. Uh, and I think when you look back to the the Robinson era and uh, look at the Lamb era. One of the big differences for me is the strength of the bench when they come on. Yeah. Uh, we we don't seem to lose that much momentum when we make the the changes. And uh, I you know you've picked out Moulton John Foa. You know nobody thought he was going to be in for this game. Oh, I know. Um, and I, I did a little bit with Jeff Twentyman for BBC Radio Bristol before the game, and the the, the guy that was doing the commentary said uh, they they said to him, John you're going to miss the Gloucester game, and he said no I'm not. No. Mm. So uh, you know, mm. fair credit to the guy. And actually, I did see him in the bar afterwards. So I said, John, I've got one question because I thought he was winding up Jeff Twentyman about his watermelon thing. Yeah, but no, he absolutely hates watermelon. He'll pick it out of a salad. He <laughs> don't see the point of it. So <laughs> you corroborated. <laughs> so that is Fact. corroborated. Can I, but we might just say, uh, you know, when uh,
1: Kebab gate when Big Nath did bring the kebabs home? Hi, I'm Nathan Hughes. You're listening to Beers Beyond the Game. I'm pretty sure Mr. Afoa was on that coach. Oh, he was. He was.
2: And he, yeah, was a, he was a, definitely. No, a Nathan, Nathan, Nathan on those Nathan's, Nathan's excuse was the fact that he was the one that had to go and get it for yeah. all the Afowu, and they're all injured, weren't they? The they're walking, walking the in it. It. Yeah. Can I just say, Tony, with the Afoa mentions, one quick thing: that the scrum, as a general concept, has been quite much maligned. I think this season, um, because of its kind of resetting and penalties, but. I think yesterday that Gloucester the contest in the scrum yesterday was actually why we need scrums because there was a couple of times where you know we, we, we had the ascendancy but they were you know you were watching it and the scrum was solid and then we got a little bit of movement and you actually really thought you know what this is a part of the game mm. that needs a contest and it was done properly the, the boys it. were throwing out right it was played I, in the right way and I thought you know it? let's say who played well I, I think generally the scrum yeah. as a concept yeah. had a good game on, uh, on Saturday Moorham well. was the right choice at fullback
1: for me as well I think Pat got that spot on because you said that already ex- yeah. yeah but, it, yeah, but <laughs> the experience <laughs> yeah no I agree you know I know we were talking about profs coming in but the ex- Experience Moran and yeah. the game management yeah. of Moran, uh, and he's safe under yeah. the high ball as well. It's a lot yeah. better when we win
3: games, you isn't it? Yeah, you certainly didn't see a lot of kicking from him like Pieter, did you? But no, actually, he was safe running, wasn't he? Yes, um, and that's exactly it. what he gives yes. us. It was good.
0: Yeah, I think one per, per person I was looking forward to see who, who was a bit of a disappointment was Reece Summit. Um, oh, who? we didn't let him play then we absolutely he, he very rarely got the ball. um he certainly wasn't able to run in broken play um and you know, I' am sure he is going to be a player that's going to play at the highest level for years to come, but Bristol stopped him. Yeah. they just cut yeah. off his supply and yeah. he 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 was no threat. and you look at the stats after the game we
2: had you know we had 70 percent also sixty odd percent possession, sixty 70 percent territory. And and it, you know, as 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 any good general will tell you, you you get the territory, the you field. win the battle, yeah. And uh, that was that is such an important part of the game, and uh, we 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 did that. You know, we got yeah. the front foot, and then it means people like Reece Sammet, you know, have nothing. They're starved, and uh, I mean, to be fair though, he has got a big pair of thighs on him, Tony, has not he? When we he was near us, he's a classic. And he's only eighteen; it's ridiculous. Class but I mean, going to be. He is going to be a great player and uh, I look forward to seeing him, you know, as a rugby fan. But
0: yeah, he he had a chastening day at the gate, didn't he? He did. We took the
2: eye of ground and we
1: we took the
0: Rifles Cup. Yeah. And just talking about the Rifles Cup, a bit of um, a few facts there for you. Um, First played for in the 2006-2007 season. Um, so called the Rifles Club because it was donated to this fixture the league fixture between Gloucester and Bristol by the Royal Gloucestershire Berkshire and Wiltshire Light Infantry as it was being merged to form the new Rifles um, Infantry. Um, so it was first contested and we won the first one and it's that legendary game where Jason Strange um, dropped the goal um, in injury time to to beat Gloucester. Um, and overall, so it's been contested seven times, Gloucester have won it four times, Bristol three, but we've won the last two. So... Um, Love it. Yeah, we've got that that first bit of silverware. Um, we retain the silverware, um, and a nice bit of history. Uh, you know, ongoing for years. It is, and and the thing is, I when I when I started to look at the Rifles Cup, I actually thought it was something we'd been playing for you know maybe since post first world war or post second world war but actually no it's it's only been around for for less than 13 years it's only when we play years. At home it's only no home, home and away it's home and away home and away so okay. any league fixture so the premiership cup games they they don't contest it it's for league okay. fixtures between Bristol and Gloucester. Awesome. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Podbean, and many more platforms. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rating for the show. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Well, chaps, we've got a two, two weekends now without a game because there's the break for the Premiership um, Rugby Cup. What are we going uh, talk I, I, about? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we can find something. You guys are never short of um, give you a beer and you never stop talking. <laughs> um, but I thought what we could do is for this... I know. I know what we could do. What's that? we can follow
1: Big Nath around and see which kebab houses he he visits in the next couple of weeks
0: yeah maybe we could give him a, a good kebab guide for Bristol we could do some research there but let's, let's think about that for next week but this week um, I wanted to just look at some of the other rugby news out there uh, and the first things really we talked about it on the show last week is um, Saracens uh, and uh, Salary Gate um, the full report's been published now and um, just to to get your thoughts on you know the what we found out and how things have moved on in the last week, Pete.
2: Well, to be honest, I don't think anything's changed. To be honest, I think when the report was um, was released, I think some of the apologists for Saracens were kind of saying, "Oh yeah, look, this proves you know it was a mistake, it was an oversight." I disagree. I think clearly they were uh, they were enticing good players to come and they were making it happen by giving them benefits and And I remember I think I read something uh, where it said that you know a benefit is anything that you get by being a rugby player that you wouldn't get normally and the, you know people getting yeah. interest free loans and investments to houses you know you, don't, you wouldn't have got that if you, they wouldn't have got that no. if they weren't. And, it, and also the thing that struck me was that it wasn't all the players because Nigel Ray came out and, and Said, oh, you know, I was only doing it really for the, the 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 good of the players and their future. But it was like it just happened to be Maro Toge and Owen Farrell and Elliot Daly. It wasn't like <laughs> it you know, was like the younger players. So no. I don't think, and I I think anybody with any sort of sense and common sense, and thanks to we should say thanks to our mate Brian
3: Moore. Hello, this is Brian Moore. This is for Bears beyond the gate. Listen to it. Because it's for you, true Bristol fans. Get it. For summarising yes. it on Twitter,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, made it very clear that, you know, there is no, there is nothing that you can, can say apart from the fact they got caught, they've been punished. But I think what's good about it is that if there is other similar stuff has gone on in other clubs, that is the end of it. And the whole point of a salary cap is that you get equal competition. And the fact that Saracens have won the last three championships and the European Cup kind of proved that it wasn't working anyway. So I think that's uh, the best thing. But yeah, I think you know lots more. I just wanted Let's go to so you,
1: yeah. Lee, your thoughts? I just wanted to apologize personally to Nigel Ray because I, I got him so wrong. I mean I, I I I thought he was a cheat, but obviously he was just looking after the players, the co investment <laughs> market and and, you know, he was he was just looking after the boys and
0: you know what? What a diamond geezer he really is, and he never wrote anything down. It just, no, that no, so no. just, just <laughs> I, for for people wondering what we're we're alluding to here. There were a couple of um, interviews with what's the guy the old, the ex director of rugby Brendan Brendan Venter, and he was on with Hugo uh, uh, Monier, and he was on with Andy Gooden, Dude, Jim Hamilton, and Jim Hamilton, two yeah. separate podcasts, and. <laughs> He he was painting Ray as this kind of benevolent grandfather figure that yeah. just dished out money um, willy nilly with no record because he you know felt sorry for yeah. the boys and wanted he to was look after nice them. Guy. Um, and really, I don't think that's done the Saracens' PR effort no. any, any good and whatsoever. I think, and I think he might. I mean, let's, let's, let's be, if we were going to
2: give him any credit, say he may have had those intentions. But clearly, you go and ask the salary cap manager at Premiership Rugby... Just, just want to check. Is it all right if I give Chris Ashton, Chris Ashton a a an interest-free yeah. loan so he can buy a million pounds? Well, just want to check, just in case. That's why you can't give him any credit exactly, for that. And exactly. also, and it's not just Nigel Rate.
1: There's this is this is absolutely inbuilt in that club. There's other people in the hierarchy of that club that have known exactly what's going on. And everyone else, like Miles said I, last
3: week... I mean, Pat, Pat Lamb made a good point. He said, if I'd have cheated, I would not have been able to look my players in the eyes, yes. would I? And he clearly said that if your director of rugby and your chairman do not understand the salary cap, then it's completely wrong. And fair play to Pat Lamb. And our own, our really generous owner, Steve Lansdowne, has made a fantastic point. Yes. I think which we described in our podcast last week, didn't we, that... Why are they being allowed to finish this current season and distort the points and the positions of all the other teams who are trying to play for top six and top four? I I totally agree with Steve Lansdowne, great point.
0: I mean, it's interesting to see the result today, and I know Saracens were um, were recording this on Sunday evening, uh, and all their internationals have gone off. But uh, Harlequins beat them forty-one points to fourteen. Mm. Now, clearly, losing all those internationals does make a difference, but Saracens of the last few season, they're B team, if you like, yeah. that stood in, mm. have been pretty competitive. There's, they haven't been beaten like that, have they? They haven't been beaten like that. So are we starting to see the, you know, exactly what we talk about? We went up there and played a fully motivated, mm. full international team uh, when we 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 played Saracens in December. Quinns have got this demotivated team and they they've scored six tries and Which look, is look convincing against them
1: is exactly what Miles has just said is just a leader to the fact that it's not it's not a, it's not a
2: fair playing field and actually is it? the mm-hmm. irony of it all is that below Gloucester and I say sorry not below um, uh, Exeter there's pretty much all to play for at the moment yeah. for top six yeah. which is the yeah. whole point of yeah. having a salary cap that it yeah. is competitive, and you know we could get into the ring fencing argument, but if you have got a situation where you have an equal competitive level across your team, then there is a lot to play for if mm-hmm. there's no relegation mm-hmm. and and this is kind of goes against it because you know Harlequins are in the mix with us to be in top top six every bonus point might matter because yeah. I think it's going to go I think the top six Thing will go to the wire this season because there's a lot of good teams yeah. so like, on a level playing so like Miles, is,
1: like, like Miles has said how is that fair we, so we got fair. smashed we, say, we eh? got smashed by Saris it, but now Harlequins have have got those points that we didn't get
0: but it's a different game and it's interesting when you look at the results there was the, the Quins 41 Saracen's 14 this weekend uh, Wasps starting to pick up good win mm-hmm. away at Worcester um, 30-26 uh, Exeter losing uh, at home to yeah. sale nineteen twenty-two, 22 and of course that game on Friday night where London Irish came back and left it mm. very late but against 14 men Northampton uh, got a 20 points to 16 victory at Franklin Garden so I think it just underlines that point that it's such in a competitive mm. league and I think most of those teams are going to be you know towards mm. the last few games of the season all in a shout of a top six position which is and it's a different debate but which is an argument
2: that for the potential for ring fencing because it shows that if you do have a level playing field it's all about trying to win to get something rather than be worrying about losing to get relegated yeah. and uh, yeah. and I think it's going to be inter- I think it'd be interesting to see what happens
3: apart from this anomaly which I think mm. is going to happen with Saracens and and, and so on. So, uh, um, going back on that point, there was a, quite an interesting article. I think the Guardian write up of our game on on Sunday, suggesting that investors may not be keen to invest in a sort of benign championship where Sarries weren't at the top. But watching most of the games as we did on the weekend, I. You know, did any of us feel like no one turned up to win today? Mm-hmm. And I thought there was a bit of a negative point about the premiership now, yeah. Saris aren't at the top. I mean London Irish was a fantastic result yeah. on Friday night. We smashed Gloucester and I do not feel like any team did not turn up to win this weekend.
1: I would I would even go as far as to say investors or potential investors, it's a safer market now, isn't it? We'll bring fencing in. Because if you're gonna invest money, you know exactly where it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, the one thing that shocked me there was the fact that, um, you know, the royalty sitting on my right reads The Guardian. Well, I, I, I just didn't see that coming. No,
1: I think he must have picked it up, maybe. Yeah, yeah probably. I think yeah. he gets
2: The Week, doesn't he? The one that gives you all of the newspapers. He and went up and summarises it for you. Oh, he, he went for, for a that,
1: coffee that, somewhere, didn't he? Lounge one or something well, on most
2: has, when we read The Week, we read it, but then Miles gets The Week and then gets one of his servants to read The Week <laughs> and then summarise it for him and <laughs> yeah. puts it on a like bullet-pointed piece of paper. Whilst he's
3: massaging <laughs> my toes we, in the bath. To be, to be yeah. fair to Miles, he probably
2: didn't know what The Guardian was. He I so say, he just read it.
1: He, he,
0: he didn't realise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, can
1: someone explain what a
2: guardian is to me?
0: <laughs> uh, let's move on. Um, Six Nations squad was announced. Eddie Jones um, on Monday. No Bristol Bears players in the squad. How do we feel about that? Let me come to you firstly. I'd say Eddie you've probably made a mistake. I think uh, Harry
1: Randall would would definitely give him a step up, and I think he would he uh, he give it a go. Yeah. And. And I'm starting to agree with Pete now. I think with with Nathan Hughes, obviously, I have to big him up a bit now because he's (sighs) going to kill me if I don't.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to kill you anyway. So So
2: at least I die trying. (laughs)
1: Um, But he's got to be
2: in the mix. He's got Nathan Hughes has got to be in the mix now. For me, I think Mm. I I agree with you to a certain extent, but only since the fact that that Eddie hasn't picked a number, an obvious number eight, which Mm. makes you. Think that he should have picked an obvious number eight, and and therefore, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I I think uh, I mean I think there are players ahead of him now, pure number eights, and Don Brandt and Simmons are ahead but, of Hughes, but not picked, but not picked no, as well. So I think yeah. I mean it's a double whammy for Nathan Hughes. He obviously doesn't want a number eight, and he's not going to pick him anyway. I so think long. I mean we said a couple of weeks ago,
1: didn't we, that Eddie Jones once he makes a decision on someone. That's yeah. it. It mm. seems to be like he builds that wall up, and that's it. I mean, Cipriani was a classic example. Mm. The mm. season he had at Gloucester,
3: mm. and there was
1: no way he was getting into that team, no matter what he did. And you know, I, I guess that's that's the way he rules.
0: Lee, Pete, thanks for your comments. Let me come to Miles now. Let me ask you, as a Bristol Bears fan, how did you feel about none of our players getting
3: called up for the squad? selfishly I think a slight cheer to be honest with you that we wouldn't have our squad diminished for about four to six weeks um slightly gutted we did allude to the fact that Harry Ransell and um, Nathan Hughes might be on the cusp of being picked maybe not in the Six Nations but Autumn Internationals but I do hope Eddie didn't watch the game from Portugal this weekend because both those players played a blinder
0: Absolutely So let's talk about The Six Nations Let's briefly Go around the table People's thoughts Of how it's going to pan out um, Quite an interesting one Obviously we've got The Saracens saga How will that affect England um, let, let me come to, to Pete first your, your thoughts on How the Six Nations Is going to go Well I think England Are favourites Fairly short Odd favourites
2: But we've got Two away games um, Paris Edinburgh France The talk is
0: Three, isn't it? Well, the first yeah. two. it yeah, might right. be
2: three. But I mean the, sorry, yeah. I mean the first two yeah, games are yeah. mm. yeah, yeah. away. Yeah. Which is a pretty hard start if yeah. you if you're, you're favourite. If you're gonna win it. France, you know, there's a lot of big chat coming out of France, young squad, Sean yes. Edwards, you know, they're on it. Yeah. I mean I like to see what happens, you know, in that game because we know that if we get on top of them. Um Scotland in disarray, to be honest, now with uh, with um, what's his name Russell, Russell getting lashed and leaving the squad. So I think I think you play the odds. We we are, you know, I I think I might go with the odds, but I mean there's a lot of it, unknowns. There's Wales have got a, lo- a whole new squad. We don't know. Lewis rees Zamek, the best thing that's since sliced bread until he came to the the gate on uh, Saturday. Does that mean he's going to, you know, will he play for Wales? Will I
0: I think it's quite open. Mm. I think it's quite open. and just just talking about Wales then. Um let's come to you Lee. Do you think that now the fact that Gatland's gone after 10 years is that is that going to help them change and move up a level or are they going to struggle to to adjust to a new coach
1: i mean talking wells in particular i think they've got some great young players coming through i mean but i think personally this six nations is a mushroom cloud it's just after the world cup and i just think it could anything could happen everyone's building now for the next world cup so the six nations could be anything really and you know i think france could even be decent
0: well let's come to Miles Um, your thoughts is the whole Saracen saga going to affect the England
3: squad I suspect very little there was a report that they had a a, a closed off players meeting wasn't there, with no coaches no staff to sort of you know the elephant in the room type thing clear the air Uh, and the talk was that I think Johnny May led that and they felt that Fine, you know, I think we're all fine with each other. We're just going to play as England. Um, Pretty much the World Cup losing squad, wasn't it, to be fair? Um, So I, you know, I I think teams will still struggle to beat us, to be honest with you. I think the biggest issue isn't necessarily
2: what are the Saracens players going to be like. It's like, it's why Ben Youngs is still in the squad. (laughs) That was item two on the agenda.
3: Uh, Well, that's... Near the top, really. Why Willie Hines and Ben Youngs again? We were bemoaning the fact. And, well, you,
1: you know yeah. what it is. Eddie Jones.
2: How long is his contract? Only two more years. Exactly. That's the whole reason why. It don't make it. But it doesn't make any sense. He's, Even things he said that you know, after the World Cup, he was going to get a new team, and just, it just, it's weird. There's something weird about Ben Youngs and Eddie mm. Jones, and we'll leave it at that.
0: So let, let's quickly go around the table. Then, if you had to pick a team to win it. Pete, you're going to say Ireland. Mm. <laughs> oh. I just thought about them. I just remembered them. they're in the competition. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. Who, who are you going to say? Well, actually, thinking about it, I
2: uh, I don't know. I think Ireland actually potentially. You know, they're always there or thereabouts. They they they. They've got something to prove after the World Cup, so I'm, I'm actually going to go Ireland. Right, so you've kind of
0: changed your My tune in. Yeah, because you, you <laughs> forgot just about I forgot one, forgot one about of the competitors.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right, let's go to Lee. Your thoughts? England. I think we'll win it, but I think it will be... Um,
3: I don't think it'll be easy at all. OK, Miles? I think with a new coach in Wales, a very young team in France, I think the experience will just suggesting England will win it this time round.
0: And I Apparently. I I think there's the the issues with England and Saracens, which I think will have some effect. Um new coach in Wales, I think Ireland are off the back of that thrashing in the World Cup to New Zealand. Scotland underperformed and obviously Finn Russell is is off. I think France are gonna sneak through um with Sean Edwards and Um, I I think they might win it this year. And our mate, uh, Remy Calandra, will be very happy. Yes, I'm sure he will. Let's move on then, because time is pressing to some of the um, questions and comments that we've had on social media. Let's start with this one uh, on Twitter from Steve Ward, which is at Steve ward 86 Uh, He says, awesome game today. Can't wait to hear this week's pod. Have to say, every time I hear Miles speak, he sounds like John Richardson from Eight Out of Ten Cats. Now I think he might have a point there. I <laughs> think oh, he's got a very good point. Yeah, could you could could you just say, uh, can I have five vowels and six consonants,
3: please? Can I have five vowels and six consonants, please, well, Tony? There
0: we are. We'll we'll let the
3: listeners decide <laughs>
0: on on, on, on seen that in one. The same room together. No, They've never been seen in the same room together. Um then we have um Partly Trained who's at part trained on Twitter. Uh, and he says, Bears beyond the gate, we've beaten everyone above us in the league and Bath and failed to beat everyone below us. Have we got a problem with being favourites, Pete? Well I think that by the way, great, great comment
2: that, great statistic. Um essentially it's suggesting we do have a problem um but you know when you go down to game by game um you know that wasps game the london irish game you know that could have easily gone the other way um but uh i don't know let's wait and see (laughs) see what happens when we play lee
1: i'm going to disagree with that totally because not once have i ever gone down to ashton kate and seen us as favourites (laughs)
0: <laughs> Seriously. I mean we're the most pessimistic Bristol fans going, aren't we, surely? I, I think there it's is something I think there is something there that we, we have raised our game um for some of the bigger clubs and the more successful clubs and you know, did we think we were gonna just win against Irish at home and it was a formality against Wasps uh, and, and we came a cropper? I don't know. Um do we keep it tighter uh, against some of these big clubs and simpler rugby uh, executed well as 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 led to wins. So I I think there might be might be something there. Do you think we got a bit complacent? Maybe that early start to the season. Possibly, I think. Possibly, we. Um, you know, I think any any sports team if they're sitting high in the table, and of course we were top, weren't we? Uh, for yeah. two of the first four or five weeks. Um, you can maybe think, oh we, we've got this one we don't don't need to turn up and maybe give it a hundred percent. I'm not suggesting that the boys didn't, but um you know, the way we raised our game uh, yes uh, on Saturday against Gloucester mm-hmm. and the performance over 80 minutes was fantastic. Okay. Would, would we have got that out of the team that was 11th playing the team that was 11th I don't know.
2: You hope so. I I think we might have been complacent in that Wasps game if we were going to be brutalists. Looking back, maybe, and then the London Irish game, we were snaked Uh, by that no contested scrums in the second half. But you know, I think you've got a good point there, Tony. The Wasps game, fair enough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A comment from uh, one of our. uh, People that's a big uh, supporter of the podcast, Clive Bowman uh, at Clive Bowman five five four. Um, he he was trying to do a, a tweet about um, Morohan and spell uh made it Nora Am. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I remember uh, I, that one. I, I, I wonder if the the boys in the dressing room have got that, and the Wizard of Oz might also be called Nora from uh, now on. And also, Will J. Jones at Skill World 2002 said he had a meeting over at the REC, a business meeting, and was able to speak <laughs> to uh, a, a couple of people um, and reckons that the, the Sinclair deal is is done, um, an estimated to be £400,000 a year. Uh, and the talk at the REC was, um, how can a prop earn that much? So, uh, as I say, we still haven't had anything confirmed, but more and more places um, and people that we speak to just seem to have even stopped talking about Sinclair yeah, yeah. because it's assumed it's a
1: done
0: Can I just interject
1: a minute? Did, uh, did anyone, ask, anyone from the rec ask how hey, Pete After was doing? It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not sure being one of their uh, long-term employees before uh, coming across to the, um, the right side. Um, so that's it for our roundup um we'll now finish with uh, gets my goat and I should say to listeners we um we, we gave the gets my goat a little rest and we're not going to do it every week if there isn't one uh if there isn't a, a, an issue that we feel really gets our goat we're, we're not going to do it however miles was enraged <laughs> enraged he was and this is this uh, is enraged. was it that shot this was worse than Bobblegate. miles what
3: got your goat this week Well, we could name it (laughs) (laughs) Bottlegate. I, you know, don't we all love a good promotion? A great promotion on social media. Something comes out, good deal. Go and buy it. And this is classic of Bristol Sport, isn't it? Just like the 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 clothing, put something on offer and then you can't buy it. Well, this this was the icing on the cake (laughs) on Friday. They supposedly. Fine brewery Butcombe had brewed a special IPA with a Bristol Bears little piece of paper on it. So we all thought, Lee, if sadly couldn't come to the game, he we said, I would love a pint of that. And we went, Well, we'll try and get you on, mate. Further information came out suggesting they'd only produced. 40 packs of this fine bottled beer. Which, should I just say, isn't enough for me alone. Absolutely. Uh, and the fact that you couldn't buy it at the game, you had to pre order it collect after the game. <laughs> and I just said, you know, why... And and some fine person on social media said, I've estimated that they've only produced 80 litres of this beer. So the first 40 punters might have been lucky enough to pre-order a game. They couldn't have drunk it at the game. They would have had to take it away I mean, disappointed at home with it. And then to make matters worse, after the game, we had some post-match beers in the the pipe and whistle under under the Lansdowne sand to find that they were teasing us with bottles on the back (laughs) shelf of this IPA that we couldn't buy. That really gets my goat this week, Bristol Sport. (laughs)
1: I'm only laughing because I wasn't <laughs> there, but that would have seriously crucified <laughs> me. Like I would have just jumped over the camera and I would just. Yeah, I, I think I the bottles
3: were empty, Lou to be fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again, bless the club, but you know, a great idea, but the execution was was terrible. Really, you make this big song and dance. That you've got your own beer, uh, and then you get eighteen thousand thirsty punters there. You can't, you can you can't buy it, and find out they've only produced forty packs of four bottles, um, with maybe some more to come. And um, well, let's just hope they've got an off-sales
3: licence at Ashton Gate, because if
0: not, <laughs> I think it's on
3: sale on North Street now for one pound sixty.
0: Well, that's it for for this week. Um, a, a fantastic win against Gloss. That's lifted the spirits of Bears fans far and wide. We'll be back next week, uh, Bears Beyond the Gate. Until then, come on, Briz.